everyone, Meg Ricci here. I'm the host of the Hormone Lifestyle Zone. So glad you could join me today. And this podcast series is about demystifying women's hormonal issues and struggles and everything that dances in between. And today's topic, I am like doing a jig right now. I am super excited to have this conversation with all you sweet lovelies today. It is one of my favorite topics. And it's a big kahuna in the world of women's health. So many health issues clear up for women when this one thing is resolved. And that one thing is constipation. And the title of today's episode, Healthy Poops Make for Happy Hormones. And if I could have a soundtrack of fireworks going off right now, or maybe a little jingle bells, I would. And the reason for that, your microbiome is the overseer of your endocrine system, your hormones. So what you eat, what you assimilate, and what you eliminate influences the excretion of estrogen and other toxins. So if you're experiencing any of the following, such as heavy bleeding, monthly cramps, fibroids, polyps, ovarian cysts, hot flashes, PCOS, acne, headaches, migraines, and including unexplained infertility, this podcast is for you because there's a strong possibility you're not detoxing estrogen efficiently. And how do we detoxify estrogen? We detoxify most of our estrogen through the bowels and also through urine but through the bowels, big time. So guess what happens? If you're not having regular bowel movements, you have the potential of circulating harmful metabolites of estrogens that can be part of the picture of breast lumps and breast cancer and other estrogen-related cancers. So ladies, we never ever want to be recirculating these estrogens in our bodies. Your bowel habits also influence your blood sugar, your insulin levels. So if you have polycystic ovarian syndrome with insulin resistance, or if you have type 1 or type 2 diabetes, or maybe you're struggling with weight loss, this is important. Constipation can also affect the absorption of minerals and vitamins that are essential in the production and detoxification of hormones, including thyroid hormones. So having one or less daily bowel movements has become the new norm, but it's not normal and it's not healthy. And in my clinical practice, I would actually say, Oh boy, it can vary depending on what time of year or whatever. But lately, between 60 and 80% of the women I see, they're somewhere on the constipation spectrum. And so many women don't even know they're constipated. So before I can address any other complaints women are having, this is the big kahuna. This is the priority. This is the starting point of peeling back the onion. And so many, 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 many other health issues resolve 
once this is addressed. And I can't tell you how many clients have seen other practitioners, uh, conventional docs and functional medicine and integrative docs, and no one's addressed their constipation. So today, I want to help you have regular, glorious, effortless, long, healthy, banana-like in shape bowel movements. Do you hear the fireworks going off and maybe a little jingle bells in the background? That's how excited I am. This is my holiday gift to you. So, ladies, let's take a deep dive into the world of poops. Yep, we're going to talk about the world of poo. So what's constipation? Constipation is generally described as having fewer than three bowel movements a week. That's a little scary in my world. I'm, I'm going to let you in on a secret. I want women to have a minimum of one movement, bowel movement daily. And as I've mentioned, between one and three bowel movements daily is my goal with everyone I work with. And I actually feel when women are just having one movement daily, or their bowels are sluggish, easy to address. And we're going to take a deep dive into that. So let's start off with a fun visualization. I want everybody to close your eyes. Please do not do this if you're driving a vehicle. Close your eyes. Use your imagination. Imagine jingle bells in the background and or whatever holiday music you like. And um, imagine we're going to go on a holiday visualization through Christmas, New Year, and Kwanzaa. And we'll throw in a a late uh, Hanukkah into the mix. So this is the time of year that people eat a lot of food and indulge. And we get a lot of cookies and brownies and caramels and candies being sent to us from aunts and uncles and sisters. And particularly now in light of COVID, baking has become a big deal. I think there's actually, if I'm wrong, I think there's actually a shortage of baking yeast Right now, because so many people are, or I think pizza, some pizza parlors are having issues because they can't get baker's yeast because so many people are making pizzas and baking at home and making bread. So, and also that can be really constipating, but we'll get to that a little later. So, all right, I hope your eyes are still closed. So imagine this, imagine lining up seven days worth of food, 21 plates, of your favorite stuff. That's three meals a day. Then add on to that all the snacks that you've had, and including that midnight pizza and uh, that you made, that you stole that yeast from your local pizza person, and he's really upset. So there you are, lining up all these meals. Now, how do you feel if you skipped a day or two or three where does all that food go? It's hanging out in your bowels. It doesn't disappear somewhere in the ether. That's a lot of food, and that should be a lot of bowel movements. So let's talk about women in constipation and how we're different and a little more special than men in this area. Constipation is three times more common in women than men. Women are super special because we have four additional inches of colon 
And what that means that transit time in the bowels can be a little longer for women. There are a variety of factors contributing to constipation. And if transit time is longer and slower, guess what could happen if that's hanging out in your bowels for a few days? If you haven't had a bowel movement, your stools can get hard. They can get dry, possibly small, and possibly painful when you try to have a bowel movement. And you could also start getting hemorrhoids, and that is not fun. Another thing happens with those lovely toxins that linger in your bowels. They start to compromise the integrity of the lining of your intestinal tract. And this can trigger intestinal permeability, also known as leaky gut. So when you think of leaky gut, think of a cheesecloth and think how loose that fabric is. And then imagine you have this funky stuff that's crossing the gut barrier, that cheesecloth, into the bloodstream that should have been ushered out in your daily bowel movements. But instead, you're circulating this in your bloodstream. Things like funky estrogens and the ones that are not good, xenoestrogens, bacteria, and mercury from the sushi you had a few days ago. And here's a little bit more of an overview of the gut. 90% of your neurotransmitters are produced in the gut because the gut and the brain influence one another. So anytime I'm seeing any mood issues, anxiety or depression or OCD behavior, I always look to the gut. And with a lot of women, I see a lot of constipation. So much changes when you clean up the gut and you have regular bowel movements. Let's talk about chronic constipation a little. Chronic constipation can lead to changes in your gut flora, your microbiome. And that paves the way for that leaky gut that we just discussed. But also what it does, it creates a funky immune response that can trigger food sensitivity, allergies, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriatic arthritis, or psoriasis. And if I see one more commercial for a Tesla, I'm going to scream. It's an immunosuppressant drug that they give women and men for uh, constipation. We see it a lot with irritable bowel syndrome. But here's the issue with it. 70 to 80% of your immune system resides in your gut. Doesn't it make sense to heal the gut, to reestablish a healthy microbiome and resolve constipation if that's part of the picture? That's what I do with these women. And guess what? They get off Otesla and other immunosuppressant drugs because we're getting to the root cause. And I get really excited about this because I've worked with countless clients over the past 25 years, and it just warms my heart to help these women get off all these drugs and have a healthy digestive tract and have healthy bowel movements and have healthy hormones and have a healthy immune response. So here's what I see contributing to this 
big kahuna of constipation, the American epidemic. I was actually thinking of that as a title for this, but I thought, you know, happy, you know, healthy poos, you know, what was the title of this podcast? I'm telling you, COVID has just done such a scramble on my brain. The title of this podcast is Healthy Poops Make for Happy, Healthy Hormones. When I'm looking at constipation issues, I have to say this, you just can't throw water and fiber on the situation. You just can't tell people, drink a lot of water, take a lot of fiber. I've had people consume more water than elephants and they're still not going to the bathroom. I've had people drink a lot of water and take a lot of fiber and come to see me and they look about five months pregnant. So we have to get to the root cause of why these people are having constipation issues. Is water important? Hydration? Absolutely. Is fiber important? Yes. But we have to, you know, put together all these little facets that create constipation for that person. We're not all the same. You just can't throw something on and say, that's going to work for you. It may work for Jane, but it may not work for Joey, and it may not work for the majority of people. So here's another thing that I find really interesting. Oh, I am not a fan of Miralax. Miralax is a laxative that contains small amounts of the same toxic ingredient found in antifreeze. Do you really want to have that in your system to regulate your bowels? Do you know how, how many kids are given Miralax for long periods of time to address constipation? There are incredible complications with Miralax for kids. So please, that is not the answer. Another drug that is used, and I think I mentioned this, Trulance. Trulance helps anyone with constipation, irritable bowel issues, to have bowel movements. It doesn't always work. And in the long run, it's not a good solution because once you stop taking Trulance or Miralax or laxative, guess what? You're back to square one, having constipation issues and probably making your bowels more sluggish and having slower transitory time. So let's take another deep dive into what I look at and how I look at these factors that can help you with your constipation issues. So let's start off with water because water is important. It's huge. It's about hydration. Rule of thumb for me, half your body weight in ounces of water. So if you weigh 150 pounds, 75 ounces of water. And if you're working out, add on another 16 ounces of water for that daily workout. Great way to start the day, 12 ounces of water, half a squeezed lemon, pinch of salt. Perfect thing to do when you first get up in the morning. Aim for a glass of water 30 minutes prior to every meal. Chia seeds, in fact, flaxseed, incredible for hydrating the bowels. And I'd like you to check out episode 22 with Dr. Dana Cohen. Dana is a dear friend of mine. She is the co-author of the book Quench. And we did a really fun episode, great conversation on hydration. And she's got all these tips and it's a really, really good podcast. I would highly recommend listening to it. Another big area in my world is looking at low stomach acid. 
Most people that are having constipation issues have low stomach acid. And in my patient population, I would say between 60 and 90% of the people I work with have low stomach acid. Stomach acid plays a big role in constipation, and that's why it's not just about fiber and water. So why is stomach acid so important? Stomach acid is hydrochloric acid, HCl, and it is the primary acid produced by your stomach, and it plays a crucial role in keeping the digestive tract running smoothly. We need HCl to produce enzymes that break down our food. Low levels of HCl can affect vitamin and mineral absorption. Low HCl, stomach acid, also protects you from pathogens like parasites, bacteria, yeast, mold in the stomach, in the small and large intestine. And what can also contribute to low stomach acid? Rounds of antibiotics, rounds of IVF drugs. I've seen this repeatedly because IVF drugs also include antibiotics. Oral contraceptives, sugar, processed food, refined carbs, proton pump inhibitors, antacids. So many times we're putting on people on proton pump inhibitors because they're getting this gritty, acidy feeling in their stomach. I'm going to just take a little dive into this because I think it's important. You have this valve called the LES valve that is a flap between the stomach and the esophagus. If you don't have, if you're not producing enough hydrochloric acid, this is one of the reasons, that valve isn't going to register to close. So guess what happens? It's kind of like the lid of the washer. It just starts splashing upward. We need to figure out why you're having heartburn, why you're having GERD. And Taking an antacid or PPI is actually much more damaging long-term. So if you have low stomach acid, you're more susceptible to intestinal infection. And another cause of low stomach acid is H. pylori bacteria. 50% of the world population has been estimated to have the presence of this bacteria. And it's this, it can linger in your system for decades. And it doesn't always contribute to you having an ulcer. Ulcers are also associated with H. pylori. But I've known people that have had it for like 20 years, and then finally it's resolved, and so many of their gut issues start to resolve. I also want to mention at this point, I really want to explore the world of H. pylori and I want to talk about a condition called SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. I will do that in the next few episodes of the Hormone Lifestyle Zone. I realize when putting together this podcast, it's so important because both of these show up so frequently with women having constipation issues and other health issues. And I'm going to talk about how we can resolve it. And I would say, here I go again, at least, at least 50 to 70% of the people I work with have either H. pylori or SIBO or both. So it just could be that population I see and they show up in my office because nobody else has treated them. But this is something I look at. And part of the picture for me when I work with individuals 
is I also do GI map testing, which is a very comprehensive uh, stool analysis. And this allows me to determine what kind of microbes are present in your GI tract, what kind of pathogens, what type of bacterial overgrowth, including SIBO and H. pylori and other things are going on in the gut. How do we balance your gut and create really, really a healthy, healthy microbiome? I will go into that very soon. I'm probably going to start working on that sooner than later. But some other symptoms that I see with people with low hydrochloric acid. I see bloat. I see gas. Heartburn. Guess what? Anemia. Iron deficiency. Chronic yeast infections. Adult acne. And here's a big one. If you're feeling nauseous and avoid taking vitamins or you find them repeating on you, good chance you have low stomach acid. But it's also important to rule out, do you have H. pylori or do you just need a little more digestive enzymes, a little more HCL? So changes in your gut flora influence stomach acid production. I think you can see that now in the conversation we're having. And it plays a major role in constipation. So your gut flora, stomach acid, constipation, they all dance. They do this wild wackadoo dance with one another. Again, it's not just about the water and fiber. And I will get into fiber and the type of fiber that I think is really going to help you. And you're going to be in shock. So here's what I recommend to help you with low stomach acid. And I'm going to err on the side of caution. And if you were a client of mine, and maybe you would like to be, and I would love that, I would probably tweak the following recommendation for your specific needs. But for right now, I'm going to recommend Pure Encapsulations Digestive Enzyme. It's called Digestive Enzymes Ultra with Betaine Hydrochloric Acid. I'll include that in the show notes. And I recommend taking two at the beginning of a meal. It could be a real game changer. It's got hydrochloric acid and other digestive enzymes that can really help you. So you don't feel like you've got gas and bloat and food sitting in your stomach and can help you have regular bowel movements. So that's a really, really good start. Another area of contention in, in the world of constipation, food sensitivity, and the two biggies that contribute to constipation, you may not like this, is dairy and gluten. They are both like cement in your bowels. And I really recommend for a lot of women, just eliminate for four weeks and see how you feel. Tremendous game changer. Actually, a lot of symptoms clear when people get off dairy and gluten. And also, I do a lot of food sensitivity testing. I do food sensitivity testing with almost all my clients. I think it's a great way to figure out what specifically is going on for them. And I use a lab called KBMO Diagnostics, and I'm really excited because they asked me to do a podcast with them. So I'm going to be doing that in the next couple of weeks, and we are going to talk about food sensitivity and inflammation and leaky gut and nutrition, and um, really looking forward to having that podcast out to you, and that will be real soon. Another area, the big one, the fiber piece. So let's talk about fiber. Fiber is super important. And if you do not have right now a lot of fiber in your diet, I'm going to ask you to gradually start introducing it too much at one time. You will look like you're four months pregnant. So most American women are only getting 10 to 15 grams daily. Guess what? You need a minimum of 25 grams 
of fiber. And I like women to aim for 35, 45, 50 grams daily. So how do we get fiber in our diet? And why is fiber important? Fiber is fabulous because it actually increases the rate that food moves through your GI tract. It increases transit time. And that makes for happy, healthy poops. And the type of fiber that I like, guess what? It's a lot of leafy greens. It's cruciferous vegetables. It's nuts. It's berries. I am for, since you're avoiding gluten, I would say if you have a grain, quinoa or kasha, which is buckwheat or brown rice. But root vegetables, oh my gosh, sweet potatoes, yams, rutabaga, carrots. I think I mentioned before, and I will again, flaxseed and chia seeds, amazing, amazing, amazing seeds. And green beans, tomatoes, just eat a lot of veggies. Veggies are incredible. Get seeds in there. Get nuts. Drink water. You will feel so much better. And what's so fabulous about fiber, it's super beneficial because it prevents the reabsorption of estrogen. And guess what? Fiber is a gal's best friend. It helps to stabilize your blood sugar. It enhances your cholesterol profile. It helps you feel satisfied after a meal. So you're not running for a cookie about 20 minutes after you finished your lunch. Another area that is very challenging for all of us, particularly now, is stress. Stress has tremendous impact on our gut health, our colon transit time. And it also, stress can diminish the production of stomach acid. So when you're under stress, and it doesn't have to be at a 10, you could be hanging out at a low-grade stress level, a level of four or five, as many of us are right now, it just keeps your body in this low-grade fight-or-flight response. And for some people, it can actually accelerate transit time. I fall in that category. Or it can really bring your transit time to a complete crawl. You know, some people carry stress in their jaw, they carry it in their neck and shoulders, but many people, they hold it in the belly and they hold it in their gut. And also what's interesting, when you're stressed, and I just mentioned that, you know, you produce less hydrochloric acid when you're stressed because you're in a fight or flight response. Your body's really not interested in you digesting a sandwich or sitting down and having a meal. It it's interpreting that stress as, a, as if you're running away from a tiger. So what happens is that you trying to eat when you're stressed is equivalent to you to trying to wash your clothes in the dryer. You're going to have a real difficult time having a good end result. But the problem with stress too, it punches holes in your gut. It makes it more susceptible to being leaky. And this compromises your ability to absorb minerals and vitamins and nutrients that are necessary for the production of hormones. That also includes your thyroid. So one of my favorite de-stressors, and it's so easy, and it doesn't cost any money, and all you have to do is lie on the floor on a mat, put a little pillow under your head, maybe another pillow under your knees. It's called Yoga Nidra. And what Yoga Nidra does it helps to reset your nervous system. And all you have to do is lie on the floor 
with your eyes closed for 20 minutes and listen to a guided meditation. And there's a really fabulous one on YouTube by Lizzie Hill. I definitely say it's worth checking out. I love Yoga Nidra. Like when I'm like really wigged out and having a funkadoo day, I lay on the floor and this is God's honest truth. It's a 20 minute video that you will guide you through this incredible meditation and it feels like it's seven minutes. And this has happened repeatedly to me. You just get lost in time. So I'd really recommend that. Another important piece to that is uh, to constipation, and we're being challenged by this right now, is we need to move. We do not move. We sit for long periods of time. We're sitting more now during COVID than we've ever been before. And my recommendation, I encourage people, get out of the house and go for walks a few times a day, even if it's 10 minutes at a time. What I try to do is, you know, work with a few clients on Zoom, then I go for a 20-minute walk, see a few more clients, go for another 20-minute walk. And I also, I, I work out, I'm very fortunate, I have a, um, a really good gym in my building, in my complex, nobody goes to the gym. I get to work out there and I, uh, yes, I do Orange Theory and they've socially distanced everyone and it has been good for my mind, body and spirit, but you have to find what works for you. And I know a lot of gyms are closed and people are really concerned about social distancing. So find a way to work out. If you uh, do a stationary bike, rowing, power walking, whatever you need to do, but you've got to move every single day. And this is very important. When you have or you feel the urge to have a bowel movement, please go to the bathroom. Let me say that one more time. If you feel the urge to have a bowel movement, please go to the bathroom. You may not have another urge until the next day or the day following. It's so important to never miss Mother Nature's call to go to the loo. Think about all those 21 plates of food. <laughs> That'll make you listen to your body when it tells you to go to the bathroom. And let's talk about one of my favorite go-tos for constipation, magnesium citrate. Magnesium citrate is relatively gentle. It relaxes your bowels. It pulls water into your intestines. It helps to soften and bulk up your stool. And when I'm initially working with people, this is what I recommend because you can tweak the amount that you're taking to help you have long, regular, healthy bowel movements. So I recommend uh, 300 to 400 milligrams of magnesium citrate at bedtime, maybe like an hour before bed with a glass of water. And if you need to in the morning, if you have not gone to the bathroom, I recommend between 100 and 400 milligrams of magnesium citrate. And if you're finding that your stools are getting a little loose, back off a little on the magnesium citrate. You can get magnesium citrate in 100 milligram tablets, and I highly recommend it. And it makes easier bowel movements, which causes, uh, which will make your hemorrhoids so much happier. And here's another interesting thing about magnesium. When you're under stress, you deplete the body of magnesium. And when you're stressed, you need magnesium. So magnesium citrate 
for constipation, I usually recommend magnesium glycinate if someone is not constipated. I think we all need a minimum of 400 milligrams of magnesium today to help us cope with stress and help with a variety of other factors. Here's another interesting thing about magnesium. I think it's very important to have your thyroid evaluated. And aside from selenium, zinc, and iodine, magnesium plays an important role in optimal thyroid function. Also, the integrity of your digestion and overall gut health influences your thyroid. If you're really having bad chronic constipation and you've tried a lot of things, make sure you have a full evaluation of your thyroid. And now let's talk about probiotics and gut health and healthy gut flora. Adding good bacteria from probiotics and daily fermented foods like kimchi and sauerkraut and kefir and yogurt can help establish a healthy gut microbiome, which can ease constipation and promote optimal gut health. So my dear friend, Cheryl Passwater has a wonderful website. She is a fermentationist. She was on the Hormone Lifestyle Zone earlier this year. And her website is uh, called contrabandferments.com. I'll put her information in the show notes too. And I reached out to Cheryl and I said, hey, can you put a recipe up on your site for coconut kefir? So she's gone ahead and done that. And I like coconut kefir. I like coconut yogurt, the real stuff, without all the starch and all the funky additives that they put in it, because it's a really great way to get good bacteria. And a lot of women, as I mentioned, have difficulty with dairy, including me. So kefir is a really, really good choice because it's high in, in healthy bacteria and protein. And what I also love about Cheryl's website, she's got great recipes, great blog, and wonderful workshops. Please check it out. Here's another interesting little tip or bit of information. Polish women have a lower incidence of breast cancer. Polish women eat about 30 pounds of sauerkraut a year. That's a lot of fermented foods, and it, it makes such a de difference in detoxification of estrogens. So think about those women. And this is my recommendation to everyone. And I'll be really brutally honest with you. Do I like fermented foods? Yeah. Do I eat them every day? Absolutely. Why? Because I know that they exponentially expand my healthy microbiome. So ladies, please aim for two to four to six big spoons of Fermented veggies like sauerkraut and kimchi. There's fun stuff. Check out Cheryl's website. It'll give you some great ideas. But this is a really great way to inoculate good bacteria in your bowels. And in addition to that, I recommend probiotics. And probiotics, pretty awesome stuff. The interesting thing about probiotics is that I usually recommend to people, if you can, you know, consult with your functional medicine doc, or if you're working with someone to make sure you're on the right probiotic, because probiotic dosing and strains need to be individualized for each person. So the one that I'm going to recommend that I feel will be good for you, and I really love it, is 
by Made by Metagenics. It's called Ultra Flora Spectrum. It's got a combination of Saccharomyces bilardi. It's got Bifidobacterium and Lactobacillus. It's a good probiotic. And I think that's a great thing to, to have in your toolbox. And let me mention again about probiotics and good bacteria in the gut. They keep your estrogen in balance. They help to reduce the circulation also of xenoestrogens, such as BPAs that are in plastics and chemicals. And an imbalance in the gut flora can lead to high levels of an enzyme called beta-glucuronidase that's produced in the colon. These elevated levels are associated with breast cancer and colon cancer and gallstones. So again, between one and three daily bowel movements. I want to thank you guys for hanging out with me today. So glad I could share this information with you. There's so many things you can do to be proactive about having healthy bowel movements. You don't have to live with constipation. You don't have to live with gas and bloat. And if you feel like you want to take a deeper dive into your specific health challenges, you can reach out to me at megrichichi.com. All my contact information is there. I'd be delighted to talk to you, be delighted to work with you. So we are approaching Christmas and the holiday season, and I totally get that this is a challenging time. I'm, I'm right here with you. We're going to get through it together. And I know that in the next few months that things will change and we will be able to gather with others. I think the one thing that I've learned from COVID-19 is a deeper appreciation for all those in my life. And I celebrate that during this Christmas. And I'll share with you, I was talking with Sister Kathy about a month ago. And I said, Kathy, when the family gets together over the summer, could we have like a really fun pool party at your house that we can celebrate Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Fourth of July? So can we have like a Thanksgiving dinner and have a Christmas tree and have fireworks and pumpkins? And she said, you got it. So my sister's going to have a funky party. I'll let you know when it happens. I'll probably post some videos. But I want to extend to all of you an incredible holiday season. And until I see you next time, and that'll be really soon, I'm sending you incredible hugs and loves and sweet grace, and you take good care. All the best. <music>